Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I want to give you a brief recap of last week's message, and I'm talking about real brief. We talked about Jesus healed my relationships, and we talked about, excuse me, if there is one thing, one thing, and that's what we're trying to bring everything and simplify it in our minds, if there is one thing that creates problems in relationships, it is pride. It is pride. One thing, if if people can humble themselves, and that is the antidote for The killing of pride is humility, and we laid that out last week. And, folks, I'm going to tell you, I feel like we tapped into something last week. I had people leave here last week. I believe marriages were healed. Relationships were healed. I had people walk out of here and tell me stuff like this. I literally felt drunk when I left the place. I know that sounds really crazy. But that, that, that's the kind of, I can understand that statement. I had somebody else tell me that when they left on their way home, it seemed like everything just looked different. Because when Jesus gets up in your world and starts healing things, it does make things look different. It's just all there is to it. And I want to give the Lord a hand clap for showing up and touching people and healing people. Amen? He gets the glory. But we used one key scripture, and we're going to use it throughout the series, and I want to put it on the screen for you today. Our wonderful team will put it on the screen for you today, and I want you to read this out loud, but when you get to Jesus, I mean, you get to he in the scripture, but he there, he, but he, when you get to the he in this scripture, I want you to replace it with Jesus, because this is an Old Testament text, it's a prophetic text by Isaiah written down in the Old Testament, but he was prophesying about one who was to come who was named Jesus, so when we get to he, we're going to replace that with Jesus. Now, would you help me read that and do it out loud and be proud, you ready? But Jesus was wounded for our transgression, Jesus was bruised for our iniquities, The chastisement for our peace was upon Jesus, and by Jesus' stripes, we are done deal, done deal in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. So today, I'm going to go into something that preachers, I just got to tell you, pastors very rarely go into. It's one of those subjects that's handled outside, small groups, all different kind of things throughout churches. But we're going to tackle this bad boy today, and I need your help and prayer. And, and most of all, we need the anointing to break in people's lives this area that desperately needs healing. And that is, Jesus healed my addictions. Say it with me. Jesus healed my addictions. And before you count yourselves out, stay with me, okay? Because you might find yourself up in here somewhere. Addictions often referred to as dependency. It leads to uh, the addicted person to need larger amounts of whatever they are addicted to in order to receive the same effect or get the same high. Often the initial reward is no longer felt at the level that they were at and the addiction 
continues because the withdrawal, withdrawal is so unpleasant to go through. And so we take more or we do more or we get involved more with the addiction. Many addictions fall into the category of sin and the reason why is because they substitute Jesus for a counterfeit in our life. And folks, biblically, that is called idolatry. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24 explains this. It says this, no man can serve two masters at the same time. You can't have two strongholds in the same house. One of them has to win out. And I'm going to tell you this, either sin wins or God wins. I got to tell you, we're preaching because we believe Jesus Christ is a winner and can win in your life. We believe that. The true motive of any addiction is replacing the creator God with created things and looking for those things to save you in your life. If anyone could overcome this sin of evil addictions, I would have to say, surely it must be the biblical hero named Paul. He wrote more text. He started more churches. He was a spiritual giant of a man, but he struggled with something going on in his life that we that just sounds to me a lot like an addiction in his life. Maybe not. Maybe you see it differently. But let's read the text and let's see what it sounds like. Again, a spiritual giant of a man, but something is warring within him. It reads as this, and is this in Romans chapter 7, and we're going to start with verse 15, and it reads as this. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that, that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but man, I just, I just can't carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. To me, that is a testament, a write-out of someone that is, it just sounds like someone who is dealing with some form of, I'm an addiction. The Bible calls it Paul's thorn in the flesh. We don't know what that is, but it, it, it sounds like an addiction in a nutshell to me. It sounds like someone who is struggling with this word called iniquity. Verse 20. Now, if I do what I do, if you've you got to read through all these do's, okay? Now, if I do what I do not want to do, he says, it is no longer I who do it. But it is sin, sin in me 
that does it. Paul understands that he's battling against something going on in his sinful nature. The Saul is still in there. But Paul is not settling for the Saul that's living up in him. He's not settling for that. He's not going to take that lion down. He's not going to just give up there and say, I'm going to let the old man live. He understands that's what's going on in him is wrong. And he's calling it out. And he's nailing it. And he's speaking to it. Verse 21, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is always right there with me. Verse 22, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I love church. I love worship. I love being in the house of God. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind. And making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. That's why we sing songs like we just sang. That those chains are broken and all of those th songs we've been singing today. Then he says this, verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? He's talking about a death that's trying to kill the spirit side of him. And he's speaking and there's a war going on. And Paul finally does something in the text. Paul finally admits defeat in his own frail body, his own feeble human strength. And he just admits it. He surrenders to it. He gives up and he says this, I need rescuing. If I don't get rescued, I'm going to die here. He is subject to eternal death without a rescuer. But then, verse number 25, here comes Jesus healed my addiction. You ready? Thanks be to God. He just said all that in verse 24. But he says, thanks be to God who delivers me through, somebody say it, our Lord. Jesus healed my addiction. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I'm so glad he didn't stop at verse 24. If he'd have stopped at verse 24, we'd have said there's no hope. We would have given up. We said, man, if Paul can't do it, I can't do it. But all of a sudden, Paul steps in and says, man, I know what you're up against. I know what having a thorn of flesh. I know what having iniquity is. I know what dealing with addiction is. But I got to tell you, through the power of Jesus Christ, I was healed of my addiction. He healed my, uh, Jesus healed my addiction. Somebody say, he is able. He is able. I want to do what I did last week and that I want to wrap up all of addictions into one word so we can kind of get a handle on it, all right? I want to wrap up all of addiction. If you have a different thought process on me than, 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 than I have here, that's fine. But I want you to deal with whatever it is in the way that you need to do. But I, I, want, you to, I want to try my best to wrap up this big, big theme of addictions the subject of addictions in one word. It's words you may not see initially when you see addiction, but if you look deep and you go deep, you find something called control. 
control. I'm trying to control my pain. I'm trying to control my insecurities. I'm going to win this. I'm going to control this. Addictions say I want to change the outlook of life by altering it with the drug of my choice. Now listen closely because this theme is with last week. I have something in my reality that is not the way I had dreamed it to be. Oh my goodness. There's something going on in my current reality that I didn't think it was going to be like this. I didn't know I was going to have this pain. I didn't know I was going to be this age and not be, I thought I'd be further along. I'm going to bury that pain. I'm going to bury those things. I had dreams of being in different places. And so now I'm going to medicate it with a drug of choice to make sure that my, my addiction wins and drowns out. And I'm going to control the hurt. I'm going to control the pain, the power, not of a God who is a creator, but I'm going to use created things, created by man to intoxicate my pain. I can do this. I control it. I can control it. I can do it. And people fight and they sweat and they do everything they can to control their pain. They do things that a healthy person looks at and say, it can't even, I don't even understand. I don't even comprehend. I can't comprehend why on a weekly basis you would get so drunk with alcohol that you would hang over, God forbid, a toilet bowl and wake up the next morning and say it was fun. Something's messed up. And a healthy person looks at that and just, it just doesn't comprehend that. But it's control. I'm controlling my pain. I'm controlling my insecurity. And too much pain and too much unhappiness and too much hurt. And God forbid, even this, too much normalcy. And so I have got to fix this. And listen to this closely. We have bought the lie of the world that reality has to be perfect. Perfect. My marriage has to be perfect. My life has to be perfect. My day-to-day -day living has to be perfect. Everybody else's lives don't look normal on Facebook, but mine is, and i got to do something about it. We bought the lie of the world that reality has to be perfect, and if it is not, something has to be wrong, so I medicate my unhappiness beyond the legal till the medication of my choice begins to own me instead of Christ owning me. The addiction controls me, and I can't stop because stopping brings me back to the face of my imperfect reality. I'm going to give you some types of addictions, and I'm going to tell you this. So you don't think I made these up. I Googled types of addictions, and I chose the ones that I'm about to mention to you out of that. There was a gazillion more, but for time's sake, I chose to give you these. Number one, and I don't say them in the order of importance, just they're all addictions, any kind of substance abuse. And I want to state this, whether it's legal or illegal, the abuse of the substance. Number two, may not have thought about this one, but approval, intoxicated 
with needing the approval of others. That's why I said, hang on with me. We may hit where you're at. I am completely addicted to approval. And I need that so much because I've got to change my reality. Gambling. Chaos. I know people that are literally addicted to chaos. And when things get to going good in their life, you can bet they're going to shake it up. They're going to mess it up because they're addicted to chaos. They were raised that way, and they're going to keep that going in their life. That's the only way they sense any kind of worth. And so they medicate it with chaos. Now, this one I'm going to throw at you, and you're probably not ready for it. Addicted to exercising. Now, I want to say this with that. Remember, most addictions started with good intentions. Nobody starts off going, I'm going to get addicted to this. But it started with good intentions, and most of them do. But if it ever starts owning you, it becomes your God. And you will place that God in front of the real God every time. And again, it's idolatry. Again, there's nothing wrong with exercising. It's when it becomes your addiction. Food. Nothing wrong with food. It's when you become addicted to it. That's why he said, I want you to fast. And fasting is going to help you break that addiction in your life. Promiscuous sex. In other words, sex outside of marriage. It's normal in our world. Sure, this whole world is addicted to promiscuous sex. Porn. It's something that we can lift our phones and with one tap on a phone be instantly into porn and it's addicted to this world to it. This world do not, does not completely understand for the first generation that's been raised with active porn that easy to access what it's going to do to families down the road, but the devil knows. Sexting, sending pictures of one another and saying things, and I'm obviously talking in a promiscuous way outside of marriage, social media. I noticed that some of you fasted social media during our time of fasting. Was that easy? No. It was breaking addiction, addiction that needed that, addiction that something was feeding, and you began to drown out your reality with something else, and it got a hold of you. You didn't mean to. It's not bad. It's not that Facebook or Twitter or anything else is bad. It's when it owns you and becomes your God. It's work. It's pleasure. It's perfectionism. Everybody say ouch. Perfectionism. It's video games. It's Netflix. Oh, I'm preaching now, huh? Addictions. It's money. Is there anything wrong with money? Absolutely not. But the love of money grows my heart and controls my heart and becomes my God. Anything taken to an extreme can become an addiction. And, and then we start this unique process that humanity does that we start with blame and denial. And, 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 and because they are present in some form in all of addictions, the blame and denial begins. But the beginning of recovery starts with seeing that I can do something to start my change. And that is called in the addiction world a moment of clarity. 
There was a guy named the prodigal that had a moment of clarity. He's in the back of a pig pen eating pig slop when his dad's a multimillionaire. And he's sitting there and he's lost at everything. He was addicted to sex and he was addicted to his money and he was addicted to his drugs. But he fell apart and finally found himself at a wake-up point in the back of a pig pen. And that was his moment of clarity. He says, I'm going back to the Father. I can honestly believe today somebody's going to have a wake-up moment today that you're going to say, I'm going to have a moment of clarity. I'm going back to the Father. Somebody say amen to that. I'm going back to the Father. So now I give you the antidote for all of our addictions. The antidote that I want to give you for all of our addictions is this, it's openness and honesty. I'm going to tag that with surrender. Hear me now, surrender and confession. Destroys the addiction. It destroys the addiction. I read a scripture to start this off just as we did last week. Last week I talked that he was wounded for our transgressions and I proved to you scripturally through that transgressions was tied into pride. Today I want to tell you that the next part of that scripture says this, he was bruised for your iniquity. He was wounded for your transgression. Jesus was. But Jesus was bruised for your iniquity. A bruise. I got to thinking about a bruise this week. And one of the ways that when I, I hope this jazzes up you up as much as it did me. But one of the ways to limit the bruising in your body is to elevate the area above the level of the heart. So let me give you an example. If you came up to me this morning, and please do not do this, but if you come up to me this morning and you just frog my arm right here as hard as you can do it, I'll tell you this, at that very moment, blood vessels are busted in the spot where your knuckle hit my arm, and when blood vessels bust, a bruise starts forming, the dark comes, and then it grows to every color imaginable to man. But one of the antidotes, the healing parts of healing a bruise, there's multiple ways you can do it, put ice on it and everything else to help it. But one of the ways that I read really, really fired me up because one of the ways is to get the part that has been bruised above the level of your heart. So basically this, one of the areas that helps me Get beyond my iniquity is to get my hands up. Worship is one of the key factors that gets your mind off of yourself and on to the Savior and you start understanding he was bruised for my iniquity. I'm gonna lean into him, worship him, and when I get my hands up, it starts helping me and what he's already done for me. When I look at Jesus... When I look at Jesus, I don't see him dying, clenched fist and closed arms. I see him dying, 
hands outstretched, nails in them, taking bruises and his hands up. And he's teaching his kids that when you go through tough times, I was wounded, I received bruises to get you through your bruises, through your hurts, through your iniquities. Somebody say amen. 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 I got my hands up, Jesus said, to give you liberty so so that you can get your hands up. I got my hands up to give you liberty that in the middle of your situation, you can get your hands up. You cannot, absolutely, I'm going to say this, you cannot overcome addiction on your own. You can't do it, but Jesus can help you. He is more than able but victory will come in a defeat. What am I speaking of? What kind of defeat? A defeat of your control. You may slip. You may fall. Get back up. Ask God for forgiveness. And then ask God to help you begin to cut off the sources of your addiction. If you have kicked God off the throne of your life and your heart, then you're in control, and you've got to repent of that. You've got to surrender. You've got to, like Paul, say, I've tried to do this, but I can't do it on my own. I'm frail, and I need Jesus. And Jesus says, I've been waiting on this, and now that you're off the throne, I can move on throne, and I'll start taking care of the areas that your reality that you don't like And I'll start healing you. James takes it further. He says, instead of only confessing to God, we are also to confess our sins to one another. The power of sin is secrecy. The power of addictions is secrecy. And so I start connecting with others. There's all different ways to do that. Maybe through a Celebrate Recovery, which we've done here at the church. Some of you go to AA that eventually said, hey, we cannot do this with just textbooks. We've got to have a higher power. I don't know what you call it, but I'm going to tell you something. You've got to have Jesus on board. You can't do it by yourself. The power of sin is in addictions is secrecy. And so God means for us to start confessing that and it starts breaking that. It's the antidote for that, that openness, that trust, that confession, that surrender. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, hear those iniquities, and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness, all of it. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus takes the bruise that we deserve. The good news of the Bible is that Jesus has the power and the authority to give you a completely new heart, a new identity. I know you don't like the last one, And so I'm going to give you a new heart, a new identity. He said this in Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. When Jesus come in, he doesn't just modify the behavior. He changes the heart. He changes the identity. And so I speak to you today this, that you are no longer 
an alcoholic. You are no longer a drug addict. You are no longer a sex addict. You're no longer controlled by your wanting to control everything in your life. When Jesus steps in, he starts giving you a new name. He makes you into a new person. He gets on the throne. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9. Listen to this. He said, do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. But let's hold on just a minute. Next verse. And such were some of you. But Jesus healed your addiction. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of Jesus healed your addictions. So basically we're finding out that God is more concerned with our future than with our past. He doesn't care what you've done. You come in here today, don't you leave out of here feeling all bad about yourself and broken down with things that you're, no, 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 no. God is more interested in your future. When he names and labels all of these things, he's saying, wait just a minute. I know that's where you've been, but I want to wash you. I want to sanctify you. I want to cleanse you. I want to make you something different than you've always been. I know you were Saul. I know you were a murderer. But I want to tell you, I'm going to turn this, and I want there to be a new heart in you. I'm almost through preaching. Don't say amen. But I... I want to tell you a statement that I hope rattles your chain like it did mine. It's a statement by a gentleman named Harriet Tubman. And Harriet Tubman made a statement. He, he was a person, he was like a Schindler to the Jews. But he, Harriet was that to slave trade and all the different things that were going in the world of slaves. And he made a statement. Somebody was talking to him about how many people he saved and how many people he helped win from slavery and get out of slavery. And he made a statement, and what they asked him, they said, how many did you save? And he, Harriet Tubman responded with this, and it's on the screen for you today. He said this, I freed a thousand lives, but I could have freed a thousand more if they only knew they were slaves. preached real short today, and I meant to. I cut, I took out every word I could possibly think of to keep it short. But I tried to let you know that everyone in this room at some point or some time has dealt with an addiction. Because when I started preaching today about addictions, if you're not controlled by a substance, 
you can start to eliminate yourself. But God had to get a hold of my heart, just like he hopefully is getting hold of yours, and realize I've got some areas in my life that I need Jesus to heal my addictions. I need Jesus to take some bruises for me for my iniquities. Pastor, you say that. If Paul can say that, surely we can be honest enough to say that. And I want to give those things to God. I want to put those things back, God, back on control in my life. So many people don't realize they need to be freed from their slavery. They don't see it, and because of it, they can't get deliverance. Jesus wants to save you, but you've got to understand that you need a saving. You've got to understand that you need a Savior. John chapter 8, verse 32 says this, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is that Jesus Christ and the goodness of the gospel came to save you from your junk. Jesus healed my addictions. I'm asking the band to come back up today, and I just wanted to play just, a, just softly for just a few minutes. I want you to look next to your, next to your uh, today. You should have a piece of paper somewhere on your row, and I want you to find a pen. We don't have pens for, enough pens for everybody today, and so you're going to have to borrow and just don't steal, but borrow. We're just going to take just a minute here today. <clears throat> I want you to get this piece of paper out, get a pen, <clears throat> and then once you write, please, you're going to need to share a little bit your pen, but if you're sitting there, go ahead and get what you're going to write, and that is this. Nobody else has to see it. Nobody else has to read it. But I want you to be honest with that piece of paper, all right? What's your addiction? What is it that controls you? Is it your anger? Something is trying to, you're trying to always change your reality with your anger? Whatever it is, whatever is. Whatever is your deal, I want you to write it down. Maybe it's a substance abuse. Maybe it's some form of sexual promiscuity. Be honest with yourself for just a minute. Maybe it's porn. I want you to write it down today. Just write it down and then fold your paper one time. Can you just do that? Just fold your paper after you write it one time. Please share your pen. Please share your pen. If you cannot think of anything, I want you to ask the person next to you. No, just kidding. <clears throat> Somebody say, Jesus can heal my addictions. He can do it.
He can heal my addictions. Some things are lawful, but they're not lawful for you. The Bible talks about that. You can get away with it, but it's not lawful for you. Where do you draw the line in your life? Where do you set the boundaries in your life? Is that okay today? Where do you draw that? Where, where are those where is those perimeters in your life? Where do you get to where do you is there a point when you get to saying, I've watched so much TV that it's owning my life instead of Christ owning me? And I have let this get out of control for me. I watched so many movies that it controls me, but I couldn't tell you who some of the disciples' names were. I can't tell you the books of the Bible. I'm not trying to bring guilt in here today. I'm just trying to say, set some measurements in your life that say, man, things, some things are out of whack in my life. And I want to reset. Reset. Now, I want you to fold that one time. Is everybody pretty much shared a pen, whatever? <clears throat> now, we're going to do something very unique. I've only done this one other time in 15 years. What I'm about to do, I haven't preached this message, but I... Is what I'm about to do. I've only done it one other time in 15 years. And when I do this, I want to tell you, there was a man visiting that day. He was a gentleman that I happened to know. I didn't know what he was dealing with, but he was there that day, and we talked about breaking some things in their life. <clears throat> and he'd been trying to get rid of an old vice in his life for years and years and years, and I'm not going to call his name. But he was there that day. He was a guest of Medina and I's. <clears throat> And at the end of that service, we did what we're about to do here in just a second. And he told me a few weeks later, this was a, a few months later actually, because he was not a member of our church. And I saw him and ran into him and he said, he said, Nathan, he said, uh, I want to tell you I kicked the addiction of tobacco in my life. I kicked it the day I was at your church. I said, you've got to be kidding me, brother. He said, yes, sir. He said, when I put that piece of paper down in that fire, and that fire consumed it, something was eradicated from my life. And I put it under the name of Jesus. Can I tell you that just jazzes me up? That's a blind eye being opened. That's a leg being healed. That's huge axe-type miracles people are healed of something that's been clinging to their life and destroying their life. And so <clears throat> that happened for him that day, and I believe it's going to happen in some area, some category of your life today. Something is owning you, and God wants to deliver it. He wants to deliver it. Next week is Jesus healed my mind, and the following week is Jesus healed my body, and I'm believing in the next two weeks Jesus is going to heal people in their mind, in the following week, I believe Jesus is going to do physical healing in people's bodies. Can I get a witness? Amen. And if you, if you bring in friends, you are to bring them in these next two weeks because God's going to heal people in their life. I honestly believe why the surge of the Spirit was so strong last Sunday is because you can't have healings with just in the normal. You've got to have something that goes deeper, gets up under the area that needs to be healed, unearths it, and then covers it. And I believe that's why it was so deep and strong here last week. And there's a different atmosphere here today, but it's, it's crazy deep in this room right now. And I believe, and I don't want to freak anybody out, but I believe there's angels in this room 
the power of God is here to assist you and to help you if you'll just call on him. I want you to stand with your paper and I want you to, first of all, I want you to hold your paper. I want you to hold your paper in your hand and I want you to ask God, this mighty God who we call Christ, Jesus Christ. I want you to call on him and ask him to heal you of your iniquity. Just begin to pray over yourself right now. Just pray over yourself. Jesus, I come to you today. You was bruised for my iniquity. God, you knew we were going to struggle. You knew we were going to struggle. Thank you for putting the text, divinely putting the text about Paul and the Word of God. Thank you for uh, helping us realize we're not alone in our struggles. But God, equally, thank you for not leaving us there. Thanks for not leaving us there. God, we commit this area of iniquity knowing that at the cross you broke this. You were bruised for our iniquity. Lord, you did that at the cross. Your cross covered me. It covered my chaos. It covered my darkness. It covered my addiction. It covered me, God. You already won the battle for what I've been trying to win in myself. You already won the battle. Lord, I need you today. You said the anointing would break the yoke of bondage in people's lives. And that's what I've been praying for this morning, that there would be such an anointing on me and such an anointing in this congregation. You would do something. Do something bigger than us. God, I can't heal people's addictions to porn and addictions to alcohol. But God, if they could confess, if they could come out in the open, they could bring it public. I believe that you can heal. I believe that you can minister. I believe that you can satisfy their broken dreams. God, I pray for every man, woman, every student, child, God, that has found themselves in the middle of some form of addiction some form of a habit that's become as destructive. God, I'm asking you right now that your mighty angels, God, draw near to them. Let your spirit touch them today. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. I want you to do what I preached just a few minutes ago. I want you to take your bruise where you've been hit or where you've fallen. 
I want you to take your bruise that's in your hand that you're holding on that piece of paper, and I want you to get it above your heart. Would you do that? I want you to surrender. It looks a lot like surrender to me. It looks a lot like surrender to me. I give up, Lord. Lord, heal my bruise. Heal my iniquity. Heal my destructive habit. Heals what's controlled me, what's owning me. Not anymore, Lord. Not anymore. I give it all to you, Lord. I give it all to you. I'm going to be better from today forward. I'm going to be better because I've given it to you. And Jesus, you're going to heal my addiction. By the power invested in the church, we call out that name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every chain will be broken by the power of the blood of the cross in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody said, in the name of Jesus. Somebody said, Jesus, heal my addiction in Jesus' name. Now I want you to let a, a worship come out of your lips, from your mouth. I want you to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout worship.